Welcome to issue 121 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts! And with me tonight is Mike. Hey, Daniel. How are, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You're another one of our hosts. Uh, I am. I we am. have a third host with us. And it's Steve. How are you, sir? I am finger licking good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Kentucky Fried Steve. Yeah. My favorite of your villainous forms. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Steve, what, what's going on tonight? Tonight? We're going to take a look at the Beastie Boys modular set that came in the hood. Well, I won't sleep Ooh. there. So, yeah. you remember last week who we talked about? Was that yeah, uh, it's only been Crossfire? A week, Crossfire? Crossfire's crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about Do it? you remember the theme that tied them all together? Mm. Yes. Yes. You totally don't. But feel free to remind <laughs> me. <laughs> They were all controllers of sorts. In fact, one of them was called Controller. Oh, yeah. Well, took, okay. took control of people. Even even William Cross, you know, back in his early stories was, you know, taking control of people. But there was one missing. One missing. And that is oh, the no. Mandrel. The Mandrel. He was mentioned in the stories, but he's not in that set. And it's because he's in his own set, along with the Griffin. So this is the origin story of the Mandrel and the Griffin. One is an anthropomorphic, guess what, Mandrel. That's where his name comes from, and the other is a griffin, and that's where his name comes from. So, just like last week, you know, they're a little too on the nose, not big in the creativity department. So, mandrill, like the gorilla thing, yeah, yeah, it is a great okay. ape, and griffin, like the mythological monster, like thing? the mythological creature, the lion, eagle, snake. Oh, well, I'm yep. really excited to hear about this because I don't how can these things even happen? But, All right, yeah, yeah. It, is there some planet where all these anthropomorphic beings come from, Mike? No, no. Well, okay. There's there is the one that that rocket trash bag raccoon is from, but those guys, these guys are different. Oh, they're not intergalactic. These guys are street level. Their origins aren't that crazy, but trust me, if you stick around, I'll make it worth your while. So let's start with the mandrel, that funky monkey. The mandrel's first appearance was Shanna the She Devil, number four, published in 1973, which is a Thing. What do you they, mean? Which is the thing? Like 1973 was the thing. The, this comic series. Think uh, female Tarzan oh. in the most stereotypically 70s way possible. I can already picture what she's wearing. Doesn't age well. <laughs> she's yeah, and she's not even from the jungle. She kind of goes back, has some connection to animals. It whatever. Does it have like all the best racism and sexism? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Awesome. <laughs> in that issue, the mandrel is, according to the victors that write the histories, mm. trying to carve out a territory in Africa where everyone will answer to him. And what he's actually trying to do is carve out a territory within Africa where everyone will answer to him. Him and his deadly army of female warriors. Uh, only females? Yes. Yeah, girls. All he really wants is girls. Oh. But how did he get here? 
from whence came the mandrel. Did you know that wasn't the name his mother gave him? What? I, I know. He was born Jerome Beachman. His father was a physicist at a nuclear reactor. One day there was an explosion. Was it sabotage? But no, no, no. We just built crappy reactors back then. Anyways, this explosion bombards the facility with radiation, and two people are caught in the blast. Jerome's very white father and the facility's very black cleaning lady. And that's going to be very important later. And it's already troubling. Oh, yeah. So what happens to these two? What crazy powers do they develop? Well, apparently nothing, because we can't all be Mr. Fantastic. But one year later, the physicist's wife, also very white, gives birth to a black child. This is Jerome Beachman. And how is Jerome welcomed into this world, do you think? Geez, 1970-something? Yeah. I'm uh, sure it's great. With disgust. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of kind of what I, yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Worse, he's got these tufts of hair that just get bigger and rougher as he gets older. His family calls him a freak, an abomination. And when he turns 10, his father's present to him is to drive him out to the New Mexican desert and abandon him there. What? Yep. So, messed up. Messed up. While there, though, he meets an albino girl named Necra Sinclair, who happens to share a very similar story. And what a quinky-dink, as you may have guessed, she happens to be the daughter of the cleaning lady. I don't believe in coincidence, Mike. (laughs) I only believe in fate. (laughs) Well, as fate would have it, these two come together in the New Mexican desert. Over the years, they live as vagrants and thieves, and they slowly develop their mutant powers. Necker's appearance is described as vampiric, but as far as I can tell, she's not really a vampire. She just has that goth appearance. She's just Uh, pale? She's just pale. She has super strength, heightened endurance, and extreme pain resistance, but they only manifest when she has violent thoughts. So, yeah, she's she's a killer at parties. Jerome <laughs> becomes a mandrel with heightened speed and strength, like your grade eight. Uh, is that it? Oh, no, no. There, there is one more thing. Hey, ladies, pro tip. Ever see the mandrel coming? Run. He emits a pheromone that puts women under his control. Wow. So up until now, you can understand how Jerome's worldview might be a bit jaded, perhaps. Abandoned as a child by a family that never gave him a chance. They brought him into this world, refused to love him. The only friend he ever had was just as damaged as he was. And you like this, Daniel. We like being able to sympathize with the villains. Surely we can sympathize with this poor boy and why he might want his own piece of the world where people would respect him. Absolutely. Well, the pheromone thing takes kind of a dark turn. (sighs) As the women that go near him fall under his control, and over time, that basically becomes permanent. Like, they get extremely addicted to his presence. He becomes exceedingly misogynistic. He has a harem. He enslaves his own military. He completely owns these women. And when he goes to claim a place in Africa to call home, that's who's fighting this war for him, and that's who his subjects are all going to be. Wow, that's... I mean, yeah. when, you think of the, when you think of, like, the horrific and troubling like race politics of the 70s and stuff i mean the creation of a villain and i put scare quotes around that like it it's not surprising you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. true it's and to have this all take place you know around shadow the she-devil just just it was weird reading it 
Yeah, I bet that was uncomfortable. I mean, it's just, ugh, it's just oogie in the way that these discussions were then. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I wonder, do they make the reader sympathize with him or are they sympathizing with the parents the whole time? Right. Great question. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times they might write this stuff in order to make the readers, you know, question things or think about it. Yeah. I think that's pretty much like they show him as a pretty evil figure. Right. And so like, I mean, this is someone who could have turned into a hero, right? But didn't. Nope. Didn't at all. Yeah. Not not with that upbringing (laughs) or the lack of. Right. Right. But in the seventies, it wouldn't be blamed on the upbringing. Right. It'd be true. Oh yeah. Interesting. eh? What about the other guy, Mike? Well, yes. Let's talk about the Griffin. His first appearance is Amazing Adventures, Volume 2, Issue 15, published in 1972, where he has a run-in with the Beast. Because he's, he's a mythological creature. He has to go up against the, the Beast. It's the, yeah. Like the Mandrel, he wasn't born with the name Griffin. He was John Horton, a cheap thug in New Orleans. And unlike Jerome, I, I don't know much about this guy's childhood. I'm not even sure how he ended up on this path. Did his... Uh... Mom take away his best porno mag? I, I don't know. I got no idea. Did, Marvel didn't say. So, anyways, he's a, he's a very big guy. So he makes a name for himself as a muscle for hire. This leads to an introduction with the Secret Empire, where everyone is labeled as like number one, number two, number three. It's a thing back then. He didn't know what the Secret Empire did. He just knew that he wanted to be something more than just cheap hood. And boy, did they provide. He subjected himself to a surgeon an unnamed surgeon who grafted animal parts to him. Wings, talons, a spiked tail, a lion's mane. I mean, unnamed, but it's Dr. Mandibus, right? It's gotta be. Right. It's gotta gotta be Mandibus. Yeah. Yeah. Also your doctor from what we've heard. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely that jackass. Then they subjected him to a mutation that really just tied the whole thing together, put a nice bow on it. And thus he became the Griffin. And that that's it. Like he, he's he's a brute. That's what he is. That's pretty much it. And that that's pretty much it. I mean, what else can I say? Like he's he was born to fight. He's a brute. Uh, he was born to rock this party eight days a week, and that's what he does. He's out there fighting for your right to partake in villainous conquests. That is Griffin. All right. So why are these guys in the hood set? Well, they join the hood in the Dark Reign storyline, basically as thugs. Spider Man and Spider Woman and make fun of them beat them up. It's really cruel. They're basically just punching bags for the heroes. Uh, Mandrel certainly deserves it, but I kind of sort of feel bad for the Griffin. He just wants to be taken seriously, but really over the decades, he's just he exists to be punched in the face repeatedly. They always pit him against the big guys, and the big guys just punch him down. That's what he is. Kind of sad. And he's also you know, tossed in with this group of really smart, controlling individuals. And this guy basically got owned himself, right? Wow. Pretty non man out, but yeah, there you have it. Huh. Alright, should we take a look at some of these cards then? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, so these guys come in the hood pack, four cards, four by title. It's ranked five out of nine. Oh. Now last week we failed to mention that Crossfire's crew was eight of nine. I I'm glad you said that, Steve, because I meant to ask, because like I thought that they seemed kind of difficult. Okay, since uh since you guys screw with the rules all the time, here we go. Daniel, you're going to read the Griffin, and then Steve mm. read Mandrel. So, like we always do, right, Steve? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. 
Griffin is a unique minion. He's got one scheme, three attack with a special. He's got seven. Ooh, seven yeah. health. He's a brute. Masters of Evil traded. Quick strike. Yes. Now, when he attacks, there's a force response. After Griffin attacks and damages a character, stun that character. But, Steve, wait. There's more. When defeated, if there is a stunned friendly character in play, shuffle Griffin into the encounter deck, and he has two boost icons. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise three hit is good on its own. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, it's good. Seven health. Yeah, he might get to attack you twice, right? He'll definitely attack you once. He might attack you a second time. Because you've been stunned by the first attack, so you aren't able to attack him. Yep. Yeah. yeah to, and you know what? If he only attacks once, you've wasted a lot on him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. I love the idea. He, You're exhausted. Maybe your allies are gone. He pops up out of the encounter deck. He hits you for three and stuns you. So when your turn comes around, you have to waste an attack to unstun. Then you have to hope you still have seven attack to take him out. <laughs> You might not, right? You, oh, I hit him for uh, three, uh, but you were you were exhausted, which yeah. is why you didn't defend against him. Like, yeah, he's just, and, and then yeah. if you end up killing him, eh, he's just he could come back. This so. is a solo player's nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I I want to see that situation where uh, I don't know, like whoever you're playing, maybe you're playing Kang, right? And you're like, well, I have to take Kang undefended because Griffin's going to stun me, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's fun. I like that when defeated, he like he flies away because you're not you're 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 stunned. Yeah, <laughs> you can't catch him. He just takes he's off. Just had enough of you. Yeah, Mike, you know, make help us make sense of the theme of this card. We work for you. Like, uh, yeah, he he exists to punch and be punched, and that's what this <laughs> card does. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's just you know. Okay. That's him. Yeah. He's got one job. All right. Yeah. Well, Steve, why don't you tell us about the mandrel? All right, Mandrill's a unique minion with two scheme, two attack, six health. He's brute, and he's part of Crossfire's crew. Uh, Mandrill gains Retaliate X, where X is equal to the number of confused characters, friendly or enemy, in play. When revealed, <laughs> confuse each character you control, two boost icons. Oh. Fascinating. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love that he's Crossfire's crew because in the comics, I was reading a comic for Crossfire's crew and they just, they actually, the beginning of the books, a lot of times they like show you a portrait of all the characters that are going to be in it. And it said Crossfire's crew and it listed all the guys from last week and had Mandrill in it too. So it's perfect that he has that. And Um, if you're playing with Crossfire's crew encounter set, as well as this, that treachery from last week caught in the Crossfire can pull out Mandrill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're playing with Mr. Hyde set, they're both brute, so the side scheme protects them. Like there's oh, a lot so of good. yeah, there's such good combos here. All right, let's look at the let's look at his uh, abilities though. When revealed, you confuse everybody you have allies, hero doesn't matter, alter ego, whatever. It's it's those pheromones. Yeah, right, right. You don't even know what you're doing, right? And then so maybe you have one or two allies. Three characters are confused. He gains retaliate three, or if. You've confused the villain. He still has to retaliate, at least. Like, I love how that works. Friendly oh and enemy. Oh, my God. Because they're, they're protecting him. Right. It's, his, it's him making his own personal army. Yeah, his, it's his mind control, which is why he was part of Crossfire's crew. Mandrill and Jessica Drew could have, like, a pheromone off. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the comics, Mandrill wins that. Oh, really? Yeah, he totally does. Okay. Well, sure, from his uh, from his backstory, she's a lady. She can't control herself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, Mike, there are still a couple more cards in the set. Why don't you title up and put a bow on it and tell us oh, about the rest? Oh, I like that. I like that. Yes. So the first is the Treachery Double Trouble. When revealed, done a character you control. Confuse a character you control. And the special boost ability, resolve this card's when revealed ability. Nice. Yep. Just, just stunning and confuse. Simple. I think I want to talk about the next one because it, it all really does tie together. Okay. And that is the side scheme beast mode. The only good superhero is a dead one. True that. This starts with three threat per player. It has three boost icons and the forced interrupt. When a stunned or confused friendly character would take any amount of damage, increase that amount by one. Hmm. There you have it. So you're playing off this stun and confused thing. That's yeah. cool. You get like multiplayer game. Player one draws double trouble as a boost card. He has to stun and confuse a character. It could be the same character. And then player two has to face Mandrill. Uh, or, or you've got the retaliate coming. Like, yeah, there's just so much of it. And then they're taking extra damage from beast mode because of the stun and the confused. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a neat little set. Have you guys played with this much? I haven't played this one too much yet. Not yet. I played some only in the hood scenario, and it was one of the sets that wasn't put in right away. So it kind of fell flat, but I think it was because I was playing solo. So I was only pulling out one card every once in a while from this set. And there wasn't a whole lot else that I'd pulled that was stunning and confusing. But I think in multiplayer, this has a way bigger impact. And I want to put it in some other some other villain sets yeah definitely well you know why i like this set a lot why because this is one of the very few sets i think that really does like a concerted number on the yellow cards oh does it ever you know what i mean like i already think yellow is a little bit too too in this game <laughs> and so i mean all sadly it's only a four card set it's really small um but it's it's wasting justice time, you know, and I appreciate that bigly. Yeah, and interestingly, for a four-card set, there isn't a card that pulls any of the others out. There's only the right. Griffin that can cycle back in. So let's think about some of the best mods to put them in with. Because, like, I love, I love these small modular sets because just make it a plus one. So yeah, right. we've already you know hinted at a few that would be great. Like anything that you know goes with brute. So yeah, just throw these four cards in, in with another one, folks. Yeah, um, since Griffin is Masters of Evil traded, he plays in the Masters of Evil set that at a certain point fetches a Master of Evil character. Oh yeah, yeah. So you've, okay. you've, added, you've added that. I, I don't know, just they're just the two minions themselves. Even if you don't mix in other sets, if you have a villain who's a really tight encounter set on their own, it keeps this small and it right. will keep it really focused right like say you're playing nebula and this is your only encounter set only four cards the nebula is going to see all her techniques and her attachments that much quicker uh, and just make her that much harder and then when these do come out you're stunned and you're confused and you got big minions so like i th i think even by itself as a four card set it can really ramp up gameplay agreed yeah 
So are you suggesting, Steve, that it's almost a cheaty hero that would add this as a plus one? No, I, I think – actually, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm saying it works either way, which is what makes right. it such a nice set. That is nice, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are we going to grade this one? Hmm. I've hmm. – B plus for me. B plus, interesting, okay. I like what it's doing. I just – I don't like – I don't like it in solo. I think it, it's just not enough. It should have been a couple extra cards. Hmm. Daniel, what do you think? I think I'm going to give it an A- minus for what I would think the solo effect it would have on Justice. Okay. All right. Well, that is the uh, Beastie Boys set. Uh, Mike, uh, how do folks get hold of us? That was awesome, guys. Uh, in fact, I want to hear from the listeners. What have you done with Beasties? Like, have you put it in other sets? Is there a villain you think they particularly jive with? Let us know. Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We're Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Bardane, Big Bone Loaf, and Wandering Duke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Beastie Boys, take us out. You've got to fight for your right to party! Press monkey! We're not doing that. Cut it. (laughs) Cut the brass monkey. (laughs) I will. But that's not Beastie Boys, is it? Yeah, it is. Brass monkey is Beastie Boys. Brass monkey, funky monkeys. Oh, I had no idea. I didn't mean to sabotage the show. I apologize. Oh, my God. (laughs) You did. Okay, cut all that. (laughs)